we all talk about innovation and so mm. many people are talking and innovation is very abstract term we don't like we know what it is but it's like how do you become and when you look at the successful innovators successful companies that are that are innovating successfully for many years first of all they have been doing it for many years mm-hmm. uh, and and it's the whole company doing it uh, when you talk to someone like usually people when it comes to okay let's be more innovative okay here's the process how you implement idea how you gather ideas how you evaluate and then you get one idea that you commercialize or spin off but you can't do have this process until you don't have all other elements in place if Mm. you don't like how will individuals come up with ideas if they're scared they're not creative so you have to work with individuals to understand what and how they can contribute how will they evaluate ideas? How will people give feedback, receive feedback on the ideas? You know, like, oh, when someone is criticizing your own baby, oh my God, don't do that. Like, we all feel offended. So all this has to be in place. And this is a culture of a company. Welcome to episode 144. What is innovation? That is one of the questions I ask Barbara Salopek, the brains behind Vinco Innovation Consulting, a company rocking the innovation game in Norway. Barbara drops a golden nugget. To be a true innovator, you must ditch the tunnel vision on your product or tech and put your customers smack in the center. It's a secret sauce to cooking up a product that not only works, but solves real problems, adds value, and leaves a mark on the world. Here's the deal. Getting too cozy with your tech is a bottleneck waiting to happen. Your product rocks, but it's just a fancy gadget if it's not hitting the right chords with your customers. Remember the iPhone? Steve Jobs claimed he wasn't using market research, but he had a PhD in understanding the customers. So don't get lost into your technical solution. Put your customers in the spotlight and watch the magic unfold. And hey, speaking of bottlenecks, I've got something special for you. Head over to my bottleneck index for a game-changing resource on busting bottlenecks and boosting innovation. Click the link in the description below and break free from your bottlenecks. And now let's turn to my conversation with Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hi, Laurent. It's a pleasure. Thank you for this wonderful invitation. Uh, No problem. I saw you've been a a fan now of the podcast. I'm really happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I like it. Quite useful, actually. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. What, What have you learned? If you have learned anything um, from the podcast. Yes, I learned um, several things. There was one about delegating. Hmm. And it was one about um, this guy that put uh, another person as CEO. That's something that I also have in my mind eventually as well. Yeah. Then it was this one that I listened a week ago that I shared with all my employees. I said, you have to listen to this Ooh. thing. <laughs> <laughs> what, was it, what was it about? Um, I I remember the picture, not the name, uh, but it was about this uh, guy that um, I think they're doing also podcasts or something or promotion. And then he was talking about the importance of uh, PR and also um, 
yeah about pr and what does it mean to be a ceo and like i could mm. resonate a lot with what he was saying in the like, was it was it jeremy maybe yes yes yes, yes. jeremy slater yes that was yeah. a good that was a good one i yeah. only have like great guests i'm sure i'm sure you're yeah, yeah, I think you have, <laughs> a woman female uh as well i think uh yeah yeah but now i'm lost after so many no years. no all right, all right. It's yeah. it's always interesting to get. But there is in each right. of them there is something that I learn and I find valuable, and I like the length. It's not too Very long, cool. too short. So I'm really happy to hear. It's interesting that you talk about delegation, because we will come back to that because yeah, you yeah. did the bottleneck uh, index. Yeah. And uh, delegation, yeah, that was like uh, the worst, <laughs> the worst score. <laughs> yeah. But before we get there, uh, your company, uh, Vinco Innovation Consulting, is dedicated to helping companies be true innovators. I'm really interested in learning more about that. What does it mean to be a true innovator? That's, I like uh, that you point this out because uh, like we all talk about innovation and so mm. many people are talking. And innovation is a very abstract term. We, don't, like, we know what it is, but it's like how do you become... And when you look at the successful innovators, successful companies that are, that are innovating successfully for many years, first of all, they have been doing it for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's the whole company doing it. Uh, when you talk to someone, like usually people, when it comes to, okay, let's be more innovative. Okay, here's the process, how you implement ideas, how you gather ideas, how you evaluate, and then you get one idea that you commercialize or spin off. But you can't do have this process until you don't have all other elements in place. If mm. you don't, like, how will individuals come up with ideas if they're scared that they're not creative? So you have to work with individuals to understand what and how they can contribute. How will they evaluate ideas? How will people give feedback, receive feedback on the ideas? You know, like, oh, when someone is criticizing your own baby, oh my God, don't do that. We all feel offended. So all this has to be in place. And this is a culture of a company. And then also mm-hmm. the company has to have it uh, overall goals, organizational um, strategy that they will follow up. So everyone knows why they're doing what they're doing. And like what we think it's like individuals make groups and groups make organizations. So you have yeah. to work on all those three levels in order to have innovation successfully implemented. That's that's what we think. And uh, through all these readings and education in innovation, I, I think it's confirmed. So... Now, my question is, what is innovation? <laughs> yeah, wonderful question. Innovation is uh, all the ideas uh, or uh, services or products, processes, everything that brings value. Okay. So you can bring value towards the customer, and that's the best part of innovation. If you're doing it towards the customer, then, of course, like, um, then, uh, and you can also work towards in, in internally increase better processes. Then you are doing exploitations you want to have more a uh, more effectiveness but when you're doing it towards the customer then you're working towards profitability and mm. and and like and then we talk about innovation that can be revolutionary like disruptive or uh, um, big innovations that that are changing the world and then we have incremental but it's neither this is good and this is bad we need both we need mm. a little bit of everything so that we have we, those incremental, they help us to be more effective, to decrease the costs. Those uh, that are much more risky, 
they bring us maybe new markets uh, and totally new products, technologies that we didn't think about before. So, so it's it's a mix of both, especially for the big corporate companies. And of course, the small one companies, they're coming more with this disruptive innovation and the big ones are coming a little bit more with sustainable innovation. Okay, so your definition of innovation is adding value uh, mm. to your product, to your customer, to whatever it is that you do. Mm. So let's take an entrepreneur. Mm. Uh, now, he wants to add value or he, she wants to add value sorry, which I would hope so <laughs> all, the, all the time. But what's the journey? Where, where do you start? As entrepreneur, adding value, you mean? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Uh, like many have ideas, many entrepreneurs, and I have been working a lot with the startups uh, here in Bergen. Many come up with ideas and then you have to test them with the customers. If your mm. vision fits the customer or the need, you have to go out, test it, and as they say, fail fast. Um, and then I think those entrepreneurs that do that and all the time are testing and improving their vision because we come with some assumptions and we have to test them. Yeah. And then, and then listen, we can have uh, uh, true assumptions and they can be false assumptions, but it's important to test them and then improve it and work with them in order to succeed. And then, and I think an entrepreneur, the, the ones that are really the, determined like they, they they don't they don't give up at the end they succeed i would say but when do you know you have innovation when do you know you have added value well i guess when you start getting customers and someone when someone is willing to buy it yeah mm. someone says yeah that was good i wanted uh, when when it's put in use mm. you add value at something you use something if if uh, i had once a case i remember long long time ago it was about increasing the ultrasound ultrasound quality for some type of cancer and then what's the value does this improved technology adds? Uh, it does it prolong um, a patient's, um, um, patient's lifespan for two weeks, two months or two years. Mm. So what's the value? Like, should we, should investors invest something that is maybe two months and, but that's two months in, in relation to what? Two yeah. months and already five years or two months or already six months. Yeah. Of yeah. life. So uh, what was the answer? In, uh, in this, this case, small. In this one, it was too small. It was. It was too small. Big, yeah. So the product, the product didn't nudge. Yeah. No, it didn't. No. Okay, but it's uh, it's uh, critical what you're talking about because I, I hear that all the time. You know, stay close to your customers, ask them questions. But that all most of the entrepreneurs of that. Uh, well, no, sorry, all the entrepreneurs who came on this show and talked about, you know, customers and the with customers, they always say that you know. Spend time with your customer, mm. ask them questions, talk to them. And yet, when I mentor startup funders, especially startup funders, and I know you're a mentor too, I I keep on I keep seeing them making always the same mistake, staying, you know, um, get, be, being lost into the technical solution, yeah, rather than taking it out and uh, you know putting mm. trying to put themselves into the customer's shoes. Mm. I, that's correct. And uh, as I was doing with commercialization of research before as well, so I saw many times that uh, researchers, they come up with their ideas yeah. and, and, and engineers as well. But that's why we need, that's why those need to team up with the business people, because that's why we need to get this while uh, business people are thinking business that, and like, what if you solve all the technical problems? Let's say you have a technical idea and 
it's everything that you are struggling with to get it perfect product you solved but you have to test it the customer right the customer, yeah. you have to have the market for it and how big is the market mm. uh, which customer um, often people were like uh, thinking that in their own small domain norway is 5.3 million i'm originally from croatia it's uh, it's around 4 million a little bit less so how how big is the market who in the market uh, is there any niche uh, is it everyone how then this everyone is served so it, it's many questions and and as a technical person can get like you get technical because it's much easier to handle with the technical details than in the people yeah that's what you that's what you know of, of course yes yes but yeah very important yeah get so i think that the, 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 when you put those two together uh, then you get something very good. I mean, it's actually one of the bottlenecks when you get lost into your technical solution. Yeah. It means you don't talk to your customers, yeah. but you have to remember who pays the bills at the end of the day. Yeah. It's your customers, not your investors. Mm. <laughs> mm. So put the customer at the center of everything that you do. And like you said, if you want innovation, make sure that you deliver value. Is there value mm. for them? Uh, I think this is important. It's not value for you. It's value in their eyes right mm, mm, mm. and like like if i like uh, they everyone mentions steve jobs or henry ford like if i have asked customers they wouldn't know they would say faster horses and that is also true customers also yeah. don't know what so it can also be that you have been asking customers and it just like so so then we have this design thinking uh, on different methods so it's important to really understand how you also ask customers and what you ask and it can be the customers are not ready the market is not ready may i Maybe we're just too advanced. So, mm. so it can be many innovation. It's not straightforward. So that's important. And, and as, well, as much as we want to simplify it, yeah, it takes yeah. time. Indeed, the smartphone didn't happen overnight. <laughs> I guess. Yes. So um, you're an entrepreneur yourself. Why are you an entrepreneur? Oh, that's, um, that's interesting. <laughs> I have actually grown up in entrepreneurial family. Okay. And, uh, you know, my grandpa on my mom's side, he was entrepreneur in seventies. He in then Croatia was part of Yugoslavia. It was communism mm. and you were not allowed to have a private company. So he actually in the 71 ended up in jail because he had been really? had a private company. So he was wow. in jail with all the political people over then. And, uh, we have been listening to this story, uh, all our childhood and my mom <laughs> and my aunt, they are both entrepreneurs. And since I remember, it was always some kind of entrepreneurship in house, you know. So for me, it was kind of, yeah, I will always have, I always dreamt to have my own company. And then yeah. and now I have it. And I had little, I had several uh, failures or I tried different things. And this is something that I know that I have most experience and this is rolling now. And um, yeah, and now I'm here. <laughs> And those failures that, that you had, can you tell us a little bit about about them? It's always in, very interesting to hear stories. Yeah, well, I like don't know. That. First, I was drawn into something that um, that I didn't feel that I belong into that. That it's, mm. that it's not my type of industry or something. Like, for example, fashion. Um, for example, that's not something that I'm... I don't know, like, someone likes this, someone likes that. My mom once asked me, which color is better, pink or purple? I was like, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah. Is there a better color? <laughs> like so, so like that was that, and then I yeah, I struggled to get out, uh, and then um, and then I was thinking about opening um, 
uh, cafe thing, but I was not interested in cafe itself. I was interested in the business, setting yeah. it up. And then I didn't have anyone on the other side, the, 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 the pastry and the, the cafe thing with me. And that was actually good because it was like a couple of years before Corona. <laughs> Mm. So that not going into that was actually very good. And uh, yeah, because I, I enjoy business, making business, making things, making connections. Let's build something. Let's roll things. I'm I'm very active and very like, I like doing things. Yeah. And, you know, and, so why did you end up, how did you end up with uh, this company of yours? And then I said, uh, well, since I have been working so much with innovation and really many articles, they said, uh, um, you should, why don't I do the things that I know best? Of course, yeah. Why don't do that? Like, why should I go into some other industries when I have 20 years almost experience then and and know things and have been working that? And I was like, let's just do what what I'm actually expert in. And then I decided then. Yeah, it's a, a, often how you end up, you know, the best entrepreneurs end up in something they, they know about or they're passionate about. Yeah, I, right. Yeah, yeah I can and relate to that myself. And that's the best because we should build on our strengths. Yeah. We can capitalize much faster on strength than if we are starting to build on weakness. Of course, it's possible. And of course, people have been doing that as well. Um, of course, there is passion. And then you eventually will learn things that you don't know about. But uh, I love yeah. this. And that's what I love to do. <laughs> maybe maybe this is how you start being innovative is by, by you know, focusing on what you love best, exactly. what you're passionate and, and, about. I, exactly. And this is very good what you're saying. Not only that, uh, in a way, how you become creative. In order to be creative, you have to have a deep knowledge about something, actually, research says. And, like, and of course, different perspectives. But you have to spend some time in this in order to be able to spin up something new or, or come up with some new ideas. So, um, so yes. Right. Passion, so, like you have to be interested in the material, interested enough mm, so you learn a lot about it. Yeah, yeah. And you keep on learning, I guess, about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I read somewhere once... Oh, I heard it. I don't. I don't remember who said it. But you know, we were talking at one point a lot about this being disruptive, disruptive innovation, which I found a bit like meh. You know, it's like a bit of jargon for me. Mm -hmm. And then until I read that quote, and I completely agree with it. And it was something around, you know, who decides that something becomes disruptive, uh, uh, except the customers, right? If they buy your product, then yeah, yeah. You will know that it is disruptive, yeah. but before that, there's no way yeah. you can be. You can say it's disruptive, but if nobody buy them, that's it's not, isn't it? No, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. So let's forget a little bit about the words <laughs> and maybe more concentrate again on mm. the value. What's mm. in it for your for your customers? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. And. Uh, it's not disturb the uh, <laughs> until you actually get to the market and yeah. you disturb yeah. the market yourself. I just wanted to uh, mention that because I, I thought it was it was appropriate in this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So just try to see you know disrupt disruption in a in a different mm -hmm. manner. Now talking about disruption, I'm trying to disrupt the market myself with my bottleneck index. Same <laughs> <laughs> so you you took it, and what did? the bottleneck index revealed to you if it revealed anything well i mean i scored very high on delegation or like like high like that it's an issue delegation and strategy thinking and letting go yeah. 
And that's not surprising because I understand. And of course, if I would have more resources, it's much easier to delegate when you have resources and you can um, and uh, letting things go. And I'm trying and like I'm constantly working with these things and I have a fantastic team, uh, um, Solène and Martina that are doing a fantastic job and, and I'm teaching them all the time so they can. And I delegate as much as they can and they are taking things up, but it, it takes time. This takes time, of course, for them to learn and for, for me to delegate and then small things come up, small crises, and then you don't have time. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm bevist. I'm conscious about it. I know there mm. is an issue and uh, I'm trying to work. And the, like, what is my biggest uh, bottleneck? I think it's a decision that I will not going to take alone and I will try to avoid investors as long as possible. And that's mm -hmm. then a bottleneck because then you have to always like earn money and then reinvest. And then it takes time. It takes much longer time to be able to delegate, let things go. So it's so, yeah. So you're saying you're saying because you don't have extra fund, then you cannot hire more people Yeah. and you can't, you can't delegate. So yeah. you end, you're ending into this, uh, Vicious cycle. <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Yes, yes, yes. But it's getting in a good direction. So it's getting, but mm. I know it's taking time and I know that's the decision I took. So, uh, why did yeah. you take such a decision? Because I think it's possible. Because I think it's possible. And I think uh, if I will, like, I'm thinking to give shares to employees. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the direction I would like to go. And uh, yeah, um, I, I saw lots of uh, invest people investing and like I will try to postpone it as, for as long as possible. I understand. I mean, yeah. there is, but there is two aspects here. There is, for me, yeah. there's the aspect of, you know, private investors. So mm. giving equity, but then there's mm. also, there's the bank and getting a loan to the bank. Oh, yeah, so that you can bootstrap. no loans from the banks. Absolutely no, I'm not. Um, yeah, we need to succeed by the customers, not by the bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay, so you don't have any external uh, sources of finance. Except, except the, uh, the customers. Yeah. And that is and something project. that you've decided yeah. Yeah. To, to go with. And that's, yeah. that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, no, I, no, I would never take a loan for this. <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like there's a bad story there. <laughs> no, I never had. I mean, I have a bachelor in macroeconomics. So, uh, okay. and, uh, and uh, you know, my first flat I repaid after five years. Hmm. So I'm very much like, uh, if I don't, if I can do it without the bank, let's just do it without the bank. <laughs> and if it will take a little bit longer, I'm fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> are you are you afraid of anything from getting a loan for the bank? No, but like if something goes bad, like the the interest rates and everything, and um, you know, I have a family, and so it it's 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 a little bit yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, fair, fair, fair enough. So with regards to delegation, because delegation is. There was a lot of episodes around around it. Yeah. So 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 important. Yeah. What is I your... the one with the uh, with the assistant uh, virtual assistant? Yes. That was interesting. Yeah. That was... yeah. And, and what is interesting with you is that you you score bad at delegation and uh, also you score bad at letting go, and usually they go hand in hand. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because That's you don't so let go, yeah. you don't delegate, yeah. etc. Yeah. Et yeah. What is your biggest issue with delegation? Is well... it the money? Let's not talk about the money, sorry. No, I think like when you are a small company as we are, you have to be sure that what is going to be delivered is going to be delivered well with the quality because you're very fragile at this stage if something goes bad. So in order to secure the quality and everything, and I decide, yeah. 
And I, I want to teach people I have um, to, to deliver good quality. And I want to be sure to know what they're actually delivering. Uh, I want to be confident. And, and it's happening. It's happening. You know, the, the, the team is, is doing well. Um, so, so it's happening, although I have been scoring low on your bottleneck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm hearing here, here is control. You like to control stuff. No, actually, I don't like. I let it go often when I know people are going to do it. I just let it go. Okay. I, I do let it go, even though it didn't like. It's not visible from the results, but, but uh, yeah, I yeah. Solan, I let it go to her so many times, and she did does wonderful things, and yeah, she surprised me so often. So great because this is usually what happens. Like when you let go, and mm. you let and you let your people. Uh, you know, do what they're supposed to be doing, what you pay them mm. for, usually mm. they're going to blossom. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was also one of the podcasts I listening, uh, and uh, I was actually thinking to reflect on that. Um, you you need to know the people before. I, I think you need to a little True. bit know the people before you let them do things. And, uh, for example, for Solan, I know what she's doing and she's doing for others. I'm learning now because they're quite fresh in the role and we are quite fresh in our relationship. So uh, and eventually this will come very naturally. So I'm not um, true. True. It's yeah. it's important to know their strength, their weaknesses, yeah. of course, and those those you learn with time, so yeah. that then you can capitalize on their strength, exactly. right? And then if you if you employ someone who is coming straight from the school, then it sure. takes a little bit more time than of if course. you are employing someone who knows and can, and then you can give them the free hands. And this is. Like, for example, I have uh, one senior, Kari, uh, in communication, and I just oh, I want you to do this, this and this. And then she does it. And then I... Yeah, of course. But then it's about it's about setting your expectations also, yeah. maybe, yeah. And, and, and clearly communicating them to, uh, to, to, your, to your employees so that they know mm-hmm. also what, what, they can ex- what they should expect from you, mm-hmm. but also what, mm-hmm. they are, what they should expect from themselves. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned here two important things, expectations and communication. Mm. And those two things very often go bad, <laughs> right? Like, like yeah. as much as clear we communicate, there is always some miscommunication. As much as we are, there is always, and also with expectations, we are trying to explain a certain, I mean, we are all humans, so we all interpret things in our own way until we learn about each other a little bit more. So I think it's it's normal, but it's important to like try to, would you understand expectations, what you are expecting from others, yourself, and that they understand what you are expecting of them. And then also communicate it clearly and good enough and often, I guess. Very, very true. Where do you want to take your business to? What's what's your dream? Yeah, I, we want to be um, we, uh, we want to be one of the recognized innovation companies in Europe. And I want to go IPOs. Okay. Okay. It, yeah. When you said, do you have a date? Twenty thirty-five. Okay. Yeah. So you you still in twelve years. That's that's very. Uh, that's um, that's a good deadline. <laughs> I, so. I, I again, I'm learning both from my uh, grandparents and my parent, uh, my mom. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. they didn't have this plan, and they when they went to pension, the business went to pension, and I don't want to do that. And like so, from the very beginning, I said I wanted this. This is the goal, and. Also, uh, give shares to employees so they are motivated, and we together can bring it to the goal. Yeah. And what? And what do you think needs to happen for you to achieve this dream? 
Well, we have to deliver, we have to uh, grow in the competences in the market and uh, all the time uh, develop with all the trends so we can so we can deliver services to the customers that they actually need. But you mentioned also something at the beginning of the conversation, because uh, you said an episode that was very interesting is uh, with Alex, who mentioned he was not the CEO in the company. Mm-hmm. And you said this is something you were considering. Yeah, yeah I have this one friend you. here from Norway who did that yeah. uh, a long time ago. I'm like, why? Because I'm a founder. And they talked about the difference between founder and the CEO, and I, I love it. Not everyone has to be a CEO who is the founder and the other way around. Mm. So well, I'm very open. Like if someone is better, why why not? If I get tired of this position, of this role, why not? Mm. One but of my have... employees, if my one of employees wants to take it and I think it would be better they take it than I do, why not? Yeah. If And if that would happen, what would you do then? Well, well then I'm in the um, steering committee. But I would be naturally would be be part of steering committee, or I can have some other role that I would maybe maybe I would be consultant within the company. I don't know. I'm I'm open pretty much to to everything as long mm. as it makes sense and it's the best for the company. Mm. Mm. Okay. So looking at your entrepreneurship experience, including your fa- your failures. What, what are some of the big lessons you can share with us? Yeah, I saw that question. And I think the biggest learnings is it's so damn difficult. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone, oh, I want to be a big boss. And everyone goes with this. Oh, I'm going to start my own company. And I'll show everyone how good I am. And it will go phew like this. And then you realize it's not that complex. easy. It's yeah. complex. It's not easy. It takes time. What, is, what, is, what is complex for you? Why is it complex? Uh, it's a complex because you need, to, you need to build it and you need to sell it. And you have to do it at the same time. You have to build a team. Uh, and then uh, you have the customers, then you have macroeconomic uh, uh, situations that also impact. So everything is interconnected. It's not like, okay, now I have this idea and I'm just selling it and then I'm selling it and plus minus, sometimes I'll sell, so I'll not, and then I will. But it's it's not like that. And then when you are small, when you have a small team, you're very fragile on the team, if they are dedicated, how dedicated they are. Um, and then how can you handle crisis or something, if something happens? And then this takes lots of the time away from selling, for example, and marketing. Mm. So, so it's quite complex. In the beginning, you start as a one-man one man band show. Yeah. And then you have to specialize, delegate, let go things. And it's a complex growth. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. And plus you also have to wear so many hats. Yes. You know, sales, marketing, yes. HR, legal, yeah. whatever, yeah. etc. Accounting, et cetera, et cetera. this, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like yeah, in, yeah. in Norway, it's very good because lots of things have been very digitalized and simplified. Mm-hmm. Accounting, uh, bureaucracy is much lower than in some other countries, but still, yeah. Yeah. What, what skills do you feel you lack today to grow your business? If any, yeah, I think like uh, sales is my biggest weakness. I'm, I'm like it's difficult for me to sell myself. It's much easier to sell someone else, you know. Like, oh, I love, I love Lauren's podcast. It's really good, and it's thirty minutes, and it's just a way to work, and you get uh, like you learn something. Yeah. But when you have to sell yourself, it's always like um, it, it's 
sounds so fake, imposter syndrome or something like it. Yeah. It sounds like I shouldn't be selling myself. I don't know. It's it's stupid, but no, no, it's not because this is something that I hear uh, often. It's mm. it's common, especially among among entrepreneurs. Uh, but not not only uh, you know a lot of entrepreneurs say that. But I think it's 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 natural. Um, mm. But yeah, no, complete completely completely understand. All right. So coming up to the end of this podcast, mm. uh, two more questions for you. First one, my favorite of all. Take all your experience and summarize it into one practical recommendation for other entrepreneurs. What would it be? I would say just do it as soon as possible. Don't wait. Yeah, just start gain because when you start getting experience, you will see how it is, and then you will also be able to measure if this is something for you or not. And the books and everything—that's all nice. And but being out there, I think it's as soon as you start doing it. And I think it's much better to start your own company that start working in another one. Because when you are starting your own, then when you're in a big companies, then you're very specialized. And when you mm. start your own, then you have to know, as you said, you, ha you have to have many hats. You have to understand accounting. You have to suddenly understand macroeconomics, marketing, uh, you, uh, HR, sales, everything. And then this gives you a, bre a breadth of, of perspectives. Yeah. Than if you have been working in one company and very specialized role. Yeah. So if someone wants to do it, I would say just... Start doing it. Like, start playing with it. You know, try it. Play. Yeah. Nothing replaces practical experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very true. Yeah. Like, okay. like in Norway, they, 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 sorry, to, they, no, no, they no. have these young uh, achievers and they, uh, they try to put kids also in the end of the high school that they start up companies. And, and I think that's a very good idea because when you start doing that, then you actually understand how difficult it is to earn money. And then reuse it for something else to produce something, and and only when you understand this cycle, then you can understand actually the business itself and the value creation in society. All right. So my last question then, if people are interested in you and what you say and they want to know more about you, how can they contact you? They can contact me on our web pages, uh, which is uh, winco.no, winco with c, not k. Okay. Vinco.no, or they can also find my phone number there, and they can call me, they can write me an email or LinkedIn. So I'm very approachable. So I will be glad to hear and have a have a talk and to hear other people's uh, bottlenecks in innovation. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, because if you tackle your bottlenecks, you might be you might be innovative. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Baba, for your time today. Thank you, Laurent. Uh, very uh, uh, thank you a lot for this nice conversation and uh, nice questions. And uh, thank you for this wonderful podcast you have. And I think they're very interesting. And I will be keeping listening to them. Excellent. Well, if you want to do like Badara and keep on listening, please do so. Subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave me a five star review. Go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash interviews podcast and follow the simple instructions. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you.